What do Cleopatra and the iPhone have in common? <laughs> Who are the three most followed people on Twitter? And now that the election's over, where can I find the largest supply of alcohol in the universe? <laughs> yes, answer. In our kitchen. <laughs> Answers to that and other questions coming up in this episode of The Off-Ramp with Bob. And Marsha. Smith. <laughs> Welcome to the off-ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, take a side road to sanity, and have some fun with trivia. Well, Marsh, we've had uh, quite a week here with uh, election news and all of that, and I thought, let's get away from some of that stuff and just talk about some fun stuff. You probably got 10 president questions. I do have some president questions (laughs) left over, (laughs) but we'll get to those later, Oh, okay. I do have one. Okay. First, I want to dip into... Ancient history. Okay. Oh, good segue. Okay. Two of ancient Egypt's most important rulers were the Pharaoh Khufu ah, and the Queen Cleopatra. Yeah. Now listen carefully to this question. <laughs> what do Cleopatra and the iPhone have in common? Dun, dun, dun. Oh, um, this will oh. blow your mind. Really? Yeah. Well, did she have an apple for her logo or something no. on her... On her crypt or... No? Okay. Oh, that's her symbol. I see. No. (laughs) Good guess, though. Yes. (laughs) But, okay, go ahead. Okay. Ancient Egypt's history was so long that Cleopatra lived closer to the invention of the iPhone than the construction of the pyramids. Oh, wow. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that amazing? That's perspective. Pharaoh Khufu was the Egyptian pharaoh who built the first and biggest pyramids, and Cleopatra was the Egyptian queen who interacted with the Roman Empire. He began building Egypt's first pyramids in 2550 B.C. She lived from 69 B.C. to 30 B.C. That means she lived closer to the invention of the iPhone in 2007 than to the construction of the pyramids of Giza. They were ancient when she was the queen. They were over 2,000 years old. Yeah. That comes from a book called 16 History Questions People Always Get Wrong by Marissa Laliberte. I just thought it was an interesting way to position it. So there's the answer to your question, Marcia. <laughs> That's how Cleopatra and the iPhone are closer. They have more in common than she had with the pyramids. Thank you so much for that. I'm so glad I could help you. <laughs> now, can you name at least two of the three people most followed on Twitter. Well, I would I have say three names. I'd say Donald Trump would be followed. He has millions of followers. But I would say Elon Musk. No to both those. Really? Yeah. How about the uh, founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg? Yes. No. Okay, who? Number 3, going backwards, is singer-songwriter Katy Perry. Really? Yep, over 108,506,809 followers. Hmm. Number 2, Justin Bieber. Oh, dear, really? And he ups it to 111,255,000. And number one, mm-hmm. former President Barack Obama. Oh, he's got more followers than uh, Trump has. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I would have guessed Trump, too. 116,397,276. So Obama and Bieber, <laughs> Bieber Barack. And Katy Perry. And Katy Perry. Wow. That's pretty good. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I thought so, too. 
And it also shows you, if you don't pay attention to Twitter, there's this huge universe of people there out are. there that are paying and, attention to it. And I choose it. not to pay attention. <laughs> I do follow Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yes, you do. Yes, I That's know it. that. That's it. And it brings me, you know, peace. <laughs> okay. As opposed to following somebody in uh, politics or something. Well, speaking of politics, Marcia, <laughs> I do have a president question. Okay. What U.S. president, born in the 18th century, just had a grandson die? Well, that's crazy talk. <laughs> <laughs> it is, isn't it? How can this, that This happen? is a U.S. president who was born in the 18th century. Now, that's the 1700s. Yeah, yeah. His grandson just, one of his two grandsons who are still alive, just died. Oh, he's this, got one still alive? He has one still What the hell? Okay, tell me. I All have right. no idea. That was John Tyler. He was the 10th U.S. president of the United States. <laughs> Number now, 10. How could the 10th president, a president born in 1790, still have grandsons living in the 21st century? Good genes, I take it. Well, and people who had children at a late age. So Lion Gardner Tyler Jr., he was 95, and he died September 26, 2020. His death occurred 175 years after his grandfather left the White House in 1845. Now, here's the reason why. John Tyler, the president, eight years after leaving office at the age of 63, became a father to Lion Gardner Tyler. And that was one of 15 children he had. So he had a son at the age of 63, and then the next generation had children late in age also. And then that left us with uh, two grandsons of the 10th president still alive in the 21st century. So Harrison Ruffin Tyler is now the only surviving grandson of a U.S. president born in the 18th century. Well, that was interesting. Oh, here's my one presidential question. Okay. <laughs> All right. What 20th century president, as a young man, shot his sister in the rear end with a BB gun? <laughs> See, my, my questions are so much They're more so intellectual. fanciful and playful, <laughs> playful questions. Okay, I'll say, uh, let's see. I don't know. For some reason, that makes me think it was Truman. Yeah, I just think of Truman. I <laughs> Do don't even you? know if he had a sister. Okay. Uh, obviously, that's not the answer, though. No, no. When President Jimmy Carter was 12 years old, he had an argument with his sister, Gloria, and she threw a wrench at him. Whoa. Whoa. And Carter grabbed his BB gun and shot her in the BB butt. And she's walking away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So there's another side to Mr. Nice Guy. There is another side yeah, to Mr. I, nice Guy. Yeah, he's still around. So much for the nice side of Mr. <laughs> nice Guy. Isn't that what the BB stands for? Butt bullets or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> no, the BB gun does not stand for butt bullets. Oh, You're okay. not supposed to use those on your sister. No. And now, Marcia, with the election <laughs> season over, where would you have to go to find the largest supply of alcohol in the universe? In the universe? Yes. Okay. Uh, I Well, geez. You mean a physical location? <laughs> or a, a physical country? location, A yes. country? Somewhere. Uh, like Russia? There's a place you could go. Germany? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. The answer is deep space, Marcia. Oh! Because astronomers hello? have spotted an alcohol cloud in the Milky Way. <laughs> you want to know more about it? Oh, sure. Bring a straw. <laughs> Let's go up. Huge clouds of alcohol, 10,000 light years from Earth. Some have taken to calling these space booze. <laughs> One was discovered in 1995 near the constellation Aquila. Now, how big is this massive 
cloud of alcohol. Well, where did the alcohol come from? It's a natural compound. I'll get to that. Okay. I'm asking you how big it is. How big? You mean in miles? How, square miles? However what are you, you want to measure it, Marsh. I don't know. I'll say it's uh, 62 miles long. Okay. Well, that's that'd be a big cloud. But this is a lot bigger. This cloud is... 1,000 times larger than the diameter of our solar system. (laughs) And it's got enough ethyl alcohol to fill 400 trillion pints of beer. Okay, now you ask me the question. Alcohol is a natural organic compound, and the scientists say it's formed when new stars heat up. Really? Yeah. So it's no surprise this cloud is out there near the constellation Aquila. And guess what? It's not the only one out there. According to author Lucas Riley, there's a second intergalactic liquor cabinet. It's in the Sagittarius B2 cloud. That one has 10 billion, billion, billion liters of alcohol. No wonder astronauts are ripping off their helmets and breathing (laughs) breathing deep. But before you fire up your rocket for the interstellar pub crawl, keep this in mind. (laughs) Pub crawl. (laughs) It'll be a long trip. Those massive alcohol clouds are 58 quadrillion miles away. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, Bob, quick and easy question. Is the Black Death still around? The Black Death. Now, if you're talking about the bubonic plague... I am. The answer is yes. It's still found every once in a while, rears its ugly head, little places here and there, still transmitted by rats, but it's under control, I hope, I think. You think correctly. Uh, There is a cure for it, and uh, roughly 1,000 to 3,000 people a year still get it. Oh, my God, really? Yeah, yeah. In the mid-1300s, the pandemic killed 75 million people in four years. 75 million people died. That's about uh, 25% of Europe. You know, and think of all of the rumors that have circulated with this pandemic, and we've got all this modern communication, we could say, yes, that's true, no, that's not true, but mm-hmm. imagine in those days. Oh, it would have been terrifying. I mean, everything was word of mouth. There were 1300s, there was no printed books or newspapers. What well, was one of the early signs you had at a cough, wasn't it? Yes, uh-huh. Well, I do have a couple more presidential questions here. What a here. surprise! Okay, <laughs> what is the oldest professional music organization in the U.S., and what president created it? the oldest professional music organization. So these are musicians being paid to do their work, still in existence, and a president created it. Oh, is it like the Navy, the choir, that big, uh, the Navy band or the, uh, the, you know, with all the different military folks, the Army, Navy, uh, and they have all the singers up there? You're on the right path. It's the U.S. Marine Corps Band. Okay. It was created in 1798 by who? John Adams, second U.S. president, he Thank created you. it. He signed a congressional act that year. So it's the oldest professional music organization in the U.S., and it's played for every president since Thomas Jefferson. It performed at his inauguration. No kidding. No Isn't that kidding. amazing? Yeah, yeah. So there's a direct line of people that go all the way back to 1798 that have been in this band. You know, it's an unbroken line of people playing in the U.S. Marine Corps band. I'll be darned. Okay, you are asking about what they found in space, the alcohol. Mm -hmm. So how bad is space traffic, Bob? Have we had a collision yet? Intergalactic, or are you talking about in our solar system? Around Earth or in the solar system? Yeah. Around Earth. Yeah. Yeah, I think there have been collisions. There's all kinds of space junk up there. Is that what it is? Yeah. Actually, it's not as many as you think. There's only one right here that jumps out. 
2009, a commercial satellite was struck by a Russian, they called it a rogue, Russian military satellite. The impact, which occurred at a relative speed of 26,172 miles per hour. As you imagine, hitting something, it scattered some 10,000 pieces of debris in low Earth orbit. So one or both of these vehicles were traveling at that speed, apparently. We don't know if that was... 10,000 pieces of... How do they know it was 10,000 pieces? I don't don't think they actually counted it. I don't Maybe they just said, how how would you know? Really, when you think about it, I always worry about that being on the space station and something hits that thing and would rip right through it, then everybody dies. Is that what happens? That's why we're not up there. That's why we're not up there. We worry about everything. That's why we're down here safe on Earth. Okay, (laughs) we'll be back with more (laughs) Safe Here on Earth. In just a moment, you're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. We're back. I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marsha Smith. And you're listening to The Off-Ramp. Marsha, you just had that question about the satellite uh, collisions in space. Yeah. Let's talk about something not quite that high, okay? Okay. You're familiar with the expression as high as a kite. Can fly, yes. So how high was the highest kite flown? (laughs) Well, it all depends on the string, doesn't it, Well, this it, is the Guinness Book of World Records, Marcia, it is. your favorite source. Oh, Lord. Okay. Well, I'll say it went up a mile. According to the Guinness Book of World Records, the greatest reported height achieved by a single kite was 29,000 feet, so a little over five miles. The 3,000-member American Kiters Association considers 1,000 feet the minimum for as high as a kite. So you say it's as high as a kite. It's at least 1,000 feet, or it could be five miles high. Just so you know. Thanks, Bob. All right. Faster than a speeding bullet? How fast is that? Well, how fast is a speeding bullet? How Mm -hmm. how fast? Well, the National Rifle Association says a standard 150-grain bullet fired from a .20-06 rifle travels at 2,900 feet per second. That's three times the speed of sound. Really? That's how fast a speeding bullet travels. So oh. Superman was pretty fast. <laughs> faster than <laughs> a speeding well, faster bullet. than three times the speed of sound. So wow. Well, Bob, uh, do snakes have ears? Oh, I never thought of that. Yeah, Another Marsha animal question. Can, I love those. Can they hear you coming, Bob? I, do snakes have? Isn't there an animal that has like hears with its eyes or something like that? I'm on snakes now, Bob. Don't okay. cut us. Do they have ears? Well, I would assume yes. But no. They do not have ears and cannot hear airborne sound waves, but they perceive low-frequency vibrations transmitted from the ground to their bones in their skulls. Wow. So that's where they hear you coming, is their heads rattling. So they're feeling vibrations of animals. and So that's how they know how big it is, how small it is. I could probably eat that. I I could probably tackle that. They also don't have a larynx or vocal cords, so they aren't capable of noises, except they can hiss. Okay, since they can't listen and they can't speak, how do we know these facts? That's what I want to (laughs) know. Did they tell us? No, apparently not. But they can hiss. You don't need a vocal cord for that, huh? Well, we know they can hiss, that's for sure. Yeah, Okay, I got a couple more of these expression questions. It's as solid as the Rock of Gibraltar. That's an old expression going a long time Uh back. How solid is it? Yes, is that a good thing? Is that solid? Is the Rock of Gibraltar solid? Uh, Yes, it is, Bob. No, it's not, (laughs) Marsha. (laughs) 
According to the World Almanac, the Rock of Gibraltar, which rises to a height of 1,400 feet above sea level, is riddled with caves. Oh, so it can... Very porous. porous. Very porous, yes. Well, who knew? How about this one, Bob? Where Mm -hmm. is the largest cemetery in the world? Oh, the largest cemetery in the world. Now, I would think it might be a military cemetery or a battlefield cemetery. Am I okay on one of those? It is a really big one up in Russia from the Second World War. Is that where this one is? No. Okay, but it is a military cemetery? Uh, No. Oh. So it's not like Arlington. No. And it's not one of those huge but American military, cemeteries in yeah, Europe. Yeah, but uh, don't. it's not that uh, military doesn't have anything to do with the majority of 5 million people buried there. Where is that? Iraq. It's called Peace Valley in English, and it's almost four square miles. And uh, more than 5 million people are buried that, with, uh, there with a majority of them with Shia Muslims. And the rapidly expanding war on ISIS keeps filling it. Wow. Yeah. So they've been, they've been burying people there for centuries. Four square miles. You should Five see this. Five million I looked people. At a, I looked at a, a drone going over this. It's just grave after grave after grave. It's uh, pretty amazing. So it was flying over the cemetery. Yeah. Speaking of flight. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. I've got a question for you. Why are airplanes uh-huh. always white? Always? Are they? They're almost always painted white or light colors. Is it have something to do with reflection and sun and uh, That's right. heat? And you don't want to absorb any heat. It's hard to air condition those things. That's exactly what it's all about. Well, yeah, the, the reason aircraft are painted white or light colors is to reflect sunlight and minimize both the heating and the potential damage from solar radiation. So you're right. You're right, Marsha. Of course I am. So says John Hansman, a professor of aeronautics and astronautics at MIT. He says it's basically the same as putting sunblock on. Technology lasts longer in cooler environments, so a cooler plane means the equipment will last longer, so that saves money. And finally, the color has some safety bonuses. White helps make cracks and damage more visible for technicians. Never thought about that. That comes from a a very interesting article I found in Reader's Digest. Why are planes white? Well, that makes sense. What musician within the last few years had the highest grossing music tour ever, combined with the highest audience attendance for this tour? You know, you mentioned the musician Drake a couple shows ago. Yeah. I would say somebody like that. Yeah. Or I would say somebody like Paul McCartney or something like that, you know, the classic rock. But who is it? It's singer-songwriter Ed Sheeran. Sheeran, okay. Yeah. He racked up $776.2 million and an audience of almost 9 million people during the course. It was a two-year marathon tour he did. Wow. And he performed 255 shows on six continents, and he broke all the records for money and attendance. You know... Think of the ordeal that must have been to like, all the traveling you'd Is have to married? do for something like God, that. God, that would have killed. He was. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that is. That's that's a lot of shows. Marcia, remember a number of shows back, we had a lot of questions on mountains. Oh yes. Well, I found another one here. <laughs> oh yay! That I didn't ask you. Oh, show us. Okay, so most people consider Mount Everest to be the world's tallest mountain at twenty nine thousand feet, mm-hmm. but the world's Tallest mountain is actually in Hawaii. Why? Why? Is, it, is that Diamond Head? No. No. That's a volcano. 
The world's tallest mountain is actually in Hawaii. Why? Because of its underground. Yeah, it's, it's not high. fully above sea level. Yeah. What's above sea level is high, but it, yeah. the whole thing is much bigger. Top to bottom, it's taller than Mount Everest. The mountain is Mauna Kea, measured from sea level. It's only 13,706 feet tall. It's uh -huh. still a pretty tall mountain. But its base is actually at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. And from there to the top, it's 30,610 feet tall. It beats Mount Everest by approximately 1,600 uh -huh. 40 feet. So somebody had to go down there and measure it from Well, the I don't know. Wow. And they're, they are formed in two different ways. Mount Everest was formed by the collision of two tectonic blades, and it's still growing taller. Mount Mauna Kea, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, M-A-U-N-A-K-E-A, it's a volcano, part of the volcanic activity that formed the Hawaiian Islands. Ah, okay. Can you name the oldest music video to reach one billion viewers on YouTube? The oldest music video. Yeah, yeah. That's the key. Yeah. How old is it? This is it? Uh, one you've seen, I've seen. Now, does this go back long before the rock era? No. No, okay. Is it Michael Jackson's yeah, Thriller, one I, of those? I would have guessed that, no. This has had one billion views. One billion. Okay. okay, what is it? It's Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, of course. It hit a billion uh, last year in July. After the film came out, I'll bet. I'll bet, yeah. yeah. And it was because uh, we watched it right after yeah. the film because of that. It was uh, almost 44 years old when it reached that milestone. So it had been around for 44 years. Wow, that's pretty cool. Doesn't it, seem right that Queen's been 44 <laughs> years ago. Those songs, they don't seem like they were that no, long ago. No, no, it doesn't. Wow. Okay, another question about an expression. Not worth a grain of salt. Okay. All right. What does a grain of salt weigh? And it's an actual unit of measurement. I don't know, Bob. This is the way to look at it. There are 7,000 grains of salt to a pound. So a grain of salt is one seven-thousandth of a pound. Okay. And the Salt Institute, and there is one. <laughs> of course. Well, let's go there on vacation this year. I mean, we went to the Salt Institute. They said that uh, U.S. consumption is about 6,000 tons of salt per year. That's the whole population. Wow. 84 million grains of salt. That's a lot of hypertension. What's the... Uh, <laughs> yes, there is. A lot of hypertension. So a grain of salt is one... One seven thousandth okay. of a pound. Okay. Very... Very what? You almost said interesting. <laughs> but you caught yourself there, <laughs> did, didn't you, Marsh? Yeah. Very, oh, very... Not as interesting as this question. Oh, of course not. In 2015, Bob, a cracker... <laughs> A cracker. <laughs> a cracker was auctioned off in the UK, and it sold for $23,000. A cracker for $23,000? Why, Bob? Why? That's this like is... a piece of uh, Queen Victoria's uh, uh, birthday cake or something like that. It's a one of cracker. those kinds of things. Yeah it's, uh, yeah, it's history. History. It is. It was a cracker salvage by a passenger from the Titanic when it sank in 1912. Holy cow, they sold it for $23,000? It was part of the survival kit in the lifeboat, which, uh, you know, not that many people escaped on. So, Jeez, on a cracker. $23,000 on a cracker. It did and, look like a saltine. And why would you spend that much money on that? I hope they, for a little bit of history. Uh, that would be a little bit. And watch your dog just comes up and snarfs it, and there's $23,000 gone. <laughs> oh, my God. What are you? Fido. Oh, damn it. Come, come back, back here. here. Oh, God. All right. Uh, another president, okay? All right. What former president 
once owned the largest collection of books in America. What president? I was going to say Lincoln. He could. He loved to read. And he sold it to the U.S. government. Eventually. He sold it to yeah, the U.S. Uh-huh. government. Okay, of the founding fathers, <laughs> which one would be most likely? Oh, Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. He had more than six thousand books. When the Library of Congress was burned by the British in the War of 1812, he offered to sell most of his library to the government, and he did. His uh, 6,487 books became the foundation for the new Library of Congress. Excellent. All right, my last question. Can you name the person who set the record for getting the fastest one million viewers on Instagram? The person who set the record for getting... One million viewers in the shortest amount of time. On Instagram. Yeah. It was a woman. It's a founding father. She posed naked. (laughs) Oh, I guess we're on two different paths here. All right. It's a founding father. Yeah, that's the twist. Really? I'm I'm kidding, Bob. Oh, it's not a founding father. No. Oh, okay. Who is it? (laughs) She's your easy sometimes. Hey, cut it out. I'm sorry. Be nice. It was... (laughs) Jennifer Aniston. See, I told you it's a girl. She hit the one million mark. After being on for only five hours and 16 minutes last year in October, she posted a selfie of herself with her former co-stars from Friends. Oh, no kidding. The TV sitcom. Now, there's another. That's been years since Friends was on. It's on. And this was in 2019. She had yeah. a million. She never had an Instagram account. So she created one because she was with her old buds. And said, let's do a selfie, and I'll post it. And she did. And within you know, a little over five hours, she had a million hits. Wow. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Now, Marcia, we always usually close out with some fun stuff, and I'm sure you've got something fun. I've got a thought that's interesting. You know, we get a lot of the things that we find interesting from the web, but you also get it from books. You know, that's where books. The, that was the technology that brought oh. us most of our information. Those paper things. For centuries. <laughs> yeah. And this is a great quote from the scientist, astronomer, and author Carl Sagan on the magic of books. Remember? Billions and billions, billions. of stars. This is from his uh, Cosmos Part 11, The Persistence of Memory. So it's pretty cool. Okay. What an astonishing thing a book is. It's a flat object made from a tree with flexible parts on which are imprinted lots of funny, dark squiggles. But one glance at it, and you're inside the mind of another person, maybe somebody dead for thousands of years. Across the millennia, an author is speaking clearly and silently inside your head, directly to you. Writing is perhaps the greatest of human inventions, binding together people who never knew each other, citizens of distant epochs or epics, Books break the shackles of time. A book is proof humans are capable of working magic. Carl Sagan. That's that's lovely. I'm going to wrap up with two quick quotes. James Freeman Clark, the difference between a politician and a statesman is a politician thinks of the next election and a statesman thinks of the next generation. I think that's true. <laughs> I think so. Very true. Nice. And John Houston, remember him? Mm-hmm. Great film director. Yep. He said, it's easier to be a jackass than a great man. (laughs) That's why there are more jackasses than great men in the world. (laughs) And that is absolutely true. (laughs) As we close out this week. All right. All right. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Bob Smith. I'm Marcia Smith. Join us again next time for The The Off-Ramp. 
hey, we did that together. Uh, that was pretty it's good. It's good to do something. We yeah. coordinate things. Yeah. After doing this for 30 weeks, I guess it's about time we did something. Is it 30 weeks? Yeah, 30 oh, weeks. Wow, geez. That's how long that we've been in quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And winter's coming. <laughs> winter's coming. <laughs> the Off Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.